0: Well, Happy New Year, everybody. It's great to be back right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. I'm Benjamin Mushata. I've been away for a while, but it's great to be back in our Channel Africa studios and back with you, our Channel Africa family. Remember, you're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. And on DSTV, we're on Channel 902. Today, we're discussing the issues of the uh, social media racial outbursts that have been taking place and really that reveal some of of the social divisions in South Africa. That's what we'll be discussing. We know that race is still an international topic. But before we get into it, let's get our news.
2: And we take a look at your headlines this morning. The commission overseeing the implementation of the peace agreement signed in South Sudan officially confirms a transitional government of national unity. Government intimidation of journalists and activists in Uganda on the increase ahead of elections next month and registration process at the Verde University in South Africa has been disrupted following the hashtag FISmas for campaign protest this morning. The commission overseeing the implementation of the peace agreement signed in August last year in South Sudan has officially confirmed that a transitional government of national unity will be formed in the country on the 22nd of this month. The new government, comprising 30 cabinet ministers, is to be led by Salva Kiir, with rebel leader Riek Masha becoming his vice president. James Shimanyula has more. President
1: Kiir has softened his stance and even offered a rare apology the transitional government of national unity to be set up on the 22nd of january is to be in place until the 22nd of august 2018 when a general election is to be held already former Botswana president festus mohai head of the commission monitoring the establishment of the transitional government of national unity has asserted that plans are underway to ensure that the government Government is in a place as per the peace agreement
2: Government intimidation of journalists and activists in Uganda is reported to be on the increase ahead of elections next month. Human Rights Watch on Monday said journalists have been suspended under government pressure and radio stations threatened for hosting opposition members as guests or when panelists expressed views critical of uh, the ruling party. Seven opposition candidates are vying to end President Yoweri Museveni's 30-year rule in the February 18th poll. Their fears violence could mar the campaign with all sides accusing each other of arming militias to press their claims to power. The registration process at the Wurz University in South Africa has been disrupted following this morning's student protest. Students at the Wurz University's main campus in Johannesburg are demanding that registration fees be scraped and for higher education to be made free. Similar protests are being held at the University of Johannesburg's Kingsway campus in Auckland Park. Sashi Naidu has more
0: in their numbers at the university's senate house where they have begun with their first day of protest this year. The students are all singing and dancing while holding up placards, calling for registration fees to be scrapped and for higher education to be made
1: free. VIT spokesperson Sharona Patel says the registration process has already been disrupted and a meeting is currently underway to decide on the way forward and if
0: registrations would have to be put on hold.
2: The Director of the Institute of Security Studies in South Africa, Jackie Silius, has described as worrying the theft of 50 laptops stolen from the South African Defense Intelligence Headquarters in the capital, Pretoria. The Defense Department has allegedly kept this a secret, not reported to law enforcement agencies. The theft is reported to have taken place on the same Christmas weekend that the state security agency was robbed. Silius says this is a serious problem.
1: Within the intelligence community generally, there have been a, a number of uh, public uh, revelations about uh, party political engagement, abuse, lack of discipline um, uh, that uh, compound these. And these relate, as we've said earlier, about state security agency, what's happening in the police, and now within defense intelligence. So, so generally, um, I, I do think that, that, that something is wrong.
2: And finally, South Africa's President Jacob Zuma says there is a need to punish and isolate racists. He was reacting to the recent wave of racist rants by some prominent personalities and ordinary people on social media. President Zuma says those guilty of perpetuating racism should be strongly reprimanded, irrespective of their racial background.
1: There must now be consequences to people who practice or utter racist things. It must not just be the question of saying, sorry, I apologize. There must be consequences. And I think the
0: reaction of the public is absolutely correct, which says, what do you do with this individual? We must deal with them. Let us not pretend as if this is a huge problem. It's a problem of specific individuals. Let us deal with those individuals. And I think that's the way to go.
2: And recapping on your top stories, the commission overseeing the implementation of the peace agreement signed in South Sudan officially confirms a transitional government of national unity. Government intimidation of journalists and activists in Uganda on the increase ahead of elections next month. And the registration process at the Virts University in South Africa has been disrupted following the hashtag campaign protest this morning. Channel Africa News, I'm on Cincy.
3: Would like to get to know you, our
0: listener. So we are asking you to tell us the country you're in and how you
1: listen to the station. Is it via shortwave, internet or satellite? And what do you enjoy listening to? You can SMS us at plus two seven eight two double three
0: two five nine oh five or email us. It's at info at channelafrica.org. You can also tell us via Facebook or tweet us on the handle at Channel Africa numerical one or write to us at the address P.O. Box 91313 Auckland Park Johannesburg 2006 Republic of South Africa we look forward to hearing from you Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And uh, this is African Dialogue. It's great to be back in this new year, 2016. Happy New Year. I know it's not too late. It's just 11 days into the new year. I'm sure that I can still wish the rest of the continent a happy new year. And uh, remember, hey, we want to hear from you. So remember that you can always find us online at African Dialogue. That's our Twitter handle, at African Dialogue. Or you can find us at Channel Africa 1. It's the numeric one at the end. It's the number one at the end there. And uh, remember, also, uh, if you're listening to us via your um, uh, radio set, you're listening to us on the ch- frequency 9625 uh, kilohertz on the 31 meter band to southern Africa on DSTV we're on uh, channel 902. And remember, uh, online, you can actually stream us live there on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. .channelafrica.co.za dot dot Well, today we're looking at a, a, a story that's actually making trends all over social media and also just uh, is actually creating a, a debate in South Africa. It relates back to the issue of race. It seems like South Africa cannot get over its racial divisions. Just recently, uh, we heard of uh, uh, the South African Human Rights Commission that has launched an investigation into the inflammatory comments on social media by society suspended opposition Democratic Alliance member Penny Sparrow and the Standard Bank economist Chris Hart. Now, they, the investigation uh, could lead to further legal steps. Uh, one of the complaints here is that one of the this um, uh, Democratic Alliance member, Sparrow, compared compared black people to monkeys in a Facebook post referring to the state of public beaches after the festive uh, holidays. Well, uh, Chris Hart tweeted, um, let me quote what he said, More more than 25 years after apartheid ended, the victims are increasing along with a sense of entitlement and hatred towards minority. That's me quoting Chris Hart there, and he lost his position there at Standard Bank. Now, the Human Rights Commission says its investigation will also include uh, Justin Van Fieren's comments calling some people scum off the earth. No, So there's a lot of comments that have been made on social media. Gareth Cliff, who is uh, one of the prominent entertainers in South Africa, also got into this con- Conversation and got suspended from one of his gigs, which was Idol South Africa, because of some of the comments that he made. So we're going to be looking at this particular conversation, saying, "Hey, what does it? What is it saying about uh, social cohesion? What is it saying about transformation in South Africa?" We've got Dr. Marjorie uh, Jobson, who is the National uh, Director of uh, Kulumani Support Group. She let us know what Kulumani Support Group is all about. And on the line, we've got Dinico uh, Maluleke, who is an independent political analyst from the university of uh, south africa dr jobson let me start with you in terms of your assessment when you look at this uh, uh, current uh, outburst we can call it an outburst because it pretty much is uh, what is it actually saying about our habits of racism is it something that we've inherited from the past something that we've learned and kind of accepted what are your thoughts around that doctor
3: We are a very racist society. We haven't healed from racism, mm. and it's unlikely to happen in a mere 20 years. Sure. But the big problem is that people were introduced to the post-94 country with a belief that um, everything is being forgiven. But that did not mean that people had reached a point of being willing to engage and introspect on mm. their racist behaviour. And I sure. think now that things are becoming more challenging, and we have emergent, wonderful young black people mm. who are willing to speak their minds from platforms at the universities. Mm. People are being challenged that they are they have not got rid of their racist stereotypes okay. and bigotry, and mm. that's what's emerging. And Especially in social media where mm. people are often thoughtlessly exposed what they th- how they think about things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very, very exciting time to be engaging these issues and very necessary.
0: Exciting time, but also an interesting time. I mean, this is 20 years down the line here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, um, this whole rainbow notion that we were introduced to just post 1994. We have this celebration moment with Nelson Mandela. I mean, we saw the world cup, uh, we saw the rugby moment with South Africa one. And it, almost like we saw this, um, uh, in, you know, in quotes, social cohesion moment for South Africa. But then after that, post Nelson Mandela, it seems like we've had this schizophrenic character as a country. Your thoughts around
3: that? I think we've been a schizophrenic country as long as this country <laughs> has existed from mm. um, colonial times. Mm. Um, and that's the baggage that we're having to deal with, the mm. inherited attitudes of superiority that are prevalent today. And that are passed on, you know, in families and um, mm. s- with socialisation. So um, yes, I, we, we have got very, very wonderful statements about social cohesion. But mm. social cohesion cannot be wallpaper, glossing over the differences. We have to reach a point where people are willing to be vulnerable and be challenged about their very, very deeply held attitudes. Mm, mm,
0: mm. Well, let me take this conversation to the Professor Diniko Maluleke, the Independent Political Analyst from the University of Pretorius, joining us on the line. Uh, Professor, in terms of this social media aspect, I know I used to have a blog online. It's nothing new for me to see this kind of outburst, especially from uh, the white minority in South Africa. I would think after that transitional process in South Africa, white people would be kind of satisfied by the status quo and would not have these social outbursts, but it seems like it's something that we're seeing as a trend online, especially with uh, the dominance of social media, uh, taking uh, precedence when it comes to news items and to uh, uh, really our news-making world.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I write regularly for for some South African newspapers, particularly for Mail and Guardian and uh, Sunday Independent. Uh, you could call me a, a columnist uh, of sorts for these newspapers, um, and uh, I, there is nothing I have not been called online uh, by by some of the, the racist trolls. I mean, I've been I've been called a, any and everything you can think of—a half-wit. I've been called an animal. I've been mm. called all sorts of things, especially when I write on the issue of race. If I write about anything else, I mean, if I write and criticize the president, <laughs> or I criticize politicians in the northwest, which which deserve to be criticized, and from time to time I do that, uh, then I get a lot of praise. Uh, but I'm not allowed, it seems to me, to touch on the on the on the question of of racism. I'll give you an example. Last year, sometimes uh, I wrote on the question of um, the gentleman, Michel Nonkan, who was uh, urinated upon mm, mm. at a nightclub in Cape Town. Mm. And uh, yuck, it's, it's a good <laughs> thing that they have now stopped uh, online comments on sure. independent online. Because mm. the stuff that was said to me and about me, there was just was just almost worse than uh, than being urinated upon you know so there is a problem uh, in the in the online uh, social media and and I've often felt that I'm being told what to write about and mm. I can write about anything except race mm. uh, in this country and I, I I refuse to accept that. but to, to go back to what uh, uh, dr uh, Maj was saying uh, earlier. South Africa must not be naive, and, and, and we mustn't think that um, 21 years uh, that we've been through uh, is, uh, is a panacea or sufficient uh, to, to get rid of racism. Racism, by the way, is a global problem. It's not just a South African sure. problem. And um, it comes, I mean, it's something that has been alive for at least five centuries. In in its modern form, Uh, you know, from the time of slavery, uh, the justification for slavery, when slavery took on the the phase of uh, Africans, you know, when Africans became the quintessential slaves, um, you have to justify why some human beings must work for others. Why some human beings must be uh, put across the sea and thrown to the sharks if they are too weak to travel? Mm. And why someone must decide when and how many children they can have and what kind of children? I mean, property, when human beings become property. Mm. And and to understand racism, we must go back to slavery. We must go back to colonialism. We must go back to social Darwinism. Mm. Where black people and African people were supposed to be a dying race, sure. they would they would they would they would be finished in a few years, so they could be they could be paraded in shows. People could come and see Archie Bartman mm. and see a a, a trepto park in Berlin. Uh, there were there were uh, elaborate shows of uh, of uh, natives in their natural habitat, and mm. you had to see them before they disappear because. They were, You know the survival of the fittest? Sure. They were not fit, so they were not going to survive. Mm. So all of these centuries and centuries of um, of racist beliefs, which in South Africa took a particular form, mm. uh, cannot be wished away You know, through uh, the existence of a 20-year democracy mm. uh, in South Africa, a very fragile democracy. Sure, so sure. I think we must just wake up. Mm. and realize that uh, this is a big problem, it's bigger than we had imagined. And to say it's just individuals or it's just a minority is really wrong. It's to trivialize the problem, because the problem is structural, Mm. the problem is cultural, the problem is historical, the problem is economic. Racism wears all those faces.
0: Sure, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to explore that especially the whole parading issue and uh, that those examples that you made are very interesting but we seem to see that uh, uh, the internet has become that parading arena where actually people are coming out from their uh, maybe suburban spaces maybe we don't see the social cohesion taking place in a South African society and how the internet has become this platform where we parade each other and also we kind of create a show where we demean each other's humanity it seems like that's i'm I'm not a big fan of twitter because of that because it seems to have that nature and that just that kind of um uh you know that that's that's kind of how it propels itself to become this critical and nonsensical space where we can say whatever we want to say nothing is really regulated on that particular space but we'll explore those themes when we come back after this break
3: To Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views and great African entertainment. Bonjour
0: à tous. Africa. You can
3: now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel
0: 902. Channel
3: Africa the voice of the African Renaissance.
0: You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, and this is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Moshatama. It's great to be back here on Channel Africa, and great to be back here on African Dialogue, where we really zoom into some of the main themes of contemporary Africa, and really want to see how we can actually take the conversation of how we redefine the whole identity of who Africans are, and that's what we're all about here on African Dialogue. Remember, if you want to be part of the African Dialogue family, go to at African Dialogue on Twitter, at African Dialogue Twitter to get in on what we talk about and get into some of the subjects. Remember, you can also find us online on www.channelafrica.co.za We usually have a multimedia uh, podcast of the program, so you'll find this program tomorrow at some stage and uh, you can re-listen to some of uh, the discussions that we're having here on our program on a daily basis. But uh, Dr. Marjorie Jobson, uh, looking at the social media issue that we're talking about, it's not new. The this whole issue of uh, uh, Chris Hart and uh, uh, the penny sparrow it 's not new as was highlighted by the professor that he also is a writer online. I know I used to have a blog on news twenty four kind of i don 't really interact with it anymore because of those issues that mm. uh, that mm. I had to deal with myself and it, it kind of made me question my own identity but Let's go back to some of the issues that were highlighted by uh, uh, Dr. Maluleko. Do you want to highlight some of issues that you, you heard from him and maybe you want to respond to some sentiments there?
3: Well, very much. I think, you know, the issues that um, Tanyiko spoke about, the structural issues, those are the biggest issues we face and mm. there's very, very widespread denialism and ignorance about the effect of apartheid over all these decades on mm. the lives of black people today and how The harm and the pain has been transmitted across the generations, and it's about time that this rage was expressed. Mm. And white people have to understand it's a completely legitimate rage, and yes, it needs to be validated, and we need to deal with it, because yes, white people have not understood that... You know, there's this claim of being victims. Chris Hart talks yeah, about victims. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you a single Kulumani member who calls himself a victim yeah. because they've never, they felt thought, we contributed to the struggle which defeated apartheid. We are not victims. Legally, that term is used, but it's one that um, our members don't uh, um, define themselves so by sure. because um, <laughs> we are doing our best. And, and our, our national yeah. organizer, for yeah. instance, said, White people have no idea that we are still struggling in the mud. Mm-hmm. There have been so many obstacles to overcome. Mm-hmm. And the inequality has become worse. The unemployment has become worse. Mm-hmm. Those are the real issues. And I can remember attending Clem Santa meetings at mm-hmm. the University of Pretoria where he proposed this high-road scenario and that if we all bake one big pie, everybody will get a bigger share. But mm-hmm. actually it hasn't worked out no, like that no. at all. Yeah. It was a wonderful image, and I think... All the people bought into that, but mm. it uh, the outcome has not produced the results that we expect.
0: Mm. I think it's because of that structural uh, maintenance of um, the economy, maybe. Th- that's a big conversation in South Africa. But I want to come back mm. to, to that issue of uh, online racism because that's, I think, the main theme here and that's the dynamic that we're starting to talk about and i want to go to this uh, article by Achille Bembe who teaches at the Vitz Institute for Social and Economic Research and uh, in a piece that he wrote uh, just recently and it's titled the year of the monkey it was it was published by the city press it's also online if you want to go check it out very very, very long piece, but I just want to look at some areas that he highlights, and just going in the middle of the piece he says, let me quote Chilinbem, he says online racism represents one of the most pernicious forms of bigotry in contemporary South Africa he asks a few questions, how can we crack down on, so, on online hate speech without curtailing uh, free speech, as long as property and financial relations remain skewed and levels of inequality keep spiraling, not much will be accomplished on the road to a non-racism society and that brings me back to the issue of uh, this idea of online racism being a kind of a platform for expressing um you know your view and you think it's a form of expression and it's a freedom that you have and that's a lot of associations of online um, comments are based on freedom of expression where do we create that dynamic where we say, actually, this is not freedom of expression. Actually, this is actually hurtful to someone else. Your, your thoughts there,
3: Doctor? Well, I think it's more than hurtful. I think it could be defined as hate speech, which sure. is directed at entire groups of people, whether it's on a religious or ethnic or racial or gender basis, and that's a big problem. So how do
0: we create those divisions? Because there's a fine line, isn't there?
3: There's a very fine line, and I know that some of the debates I was listening to yesterday Mm. were around the fact that um, people would never get away with the kind of racist um, contributions online in other parts of the world that they get away with here. Mm. But, you know, the the question is how do we we stand up against that without... Mm making the law the default position because then things go underground and it's much better to have things really rigorously debated out in the open. So, um, it,
0: it's, a, it's a very strange question, really, because I also think that as well, because I think if people, you remove online comments on, on, on sites, people always find obscure platforms, they'll go to blogs, or they'll, like you say, they'll remain underground. So how do you really moderate that in terms of ensuring that there's still you still get a feel and a flavor of the views and perspectives and ideas that people have on the ground? Let me take that to Dr. Maluleke
1: yeah you know i i i will not scoff at um, any attempt to to lessen the blow of uh, verbal racism on the, on 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 people who are victims of it uh, i think everything should be done to to protect for for i mean any any single person whose dignity is saved from Race, racist attacks mm. uh, for me is a victory, so every little thing must be done to save people the humiliation, the indignity of mm. it, of being called a monkey or or being called a half-wit or you know and, and and so on so so i I will support all the attempts which are afoot to seek legislation, to strengthen legislation. Uh, including the strengthening of uh, hate, uh, hate, uh, you know, hate speech, so that it includes um, much more overtly the issue of racism. Hmm. But, but as you as you are pointing out, I mean, you know, you can shut them down, um, like we, you know, many newspapers have done now with shutting down the comments online. Hmm. But it doesn't mean they go away. You you just don't see them. Mm. Uh, And so here here are some of the problems that I see. Firstly, uh, racism is not just what people say or what people write. I mean, if we reduce racism to verbal statements only, we we profoundly misunderstand it. Because by the time a, a racial slur is uttered, there is a whole layer upon layer upon layer of, of, of structures and activities and histories that make it possible for racial slurs to become semi-normal, mm. if, if you like. Sure. So, so in Germany, for example, they say you can't, um, you can't walk around holding a, a swastika. It's banned. Mm? Mm. You will be arrested uh, and, and you will go to jail. Or if you sing the, the the old uh, uh, German uh, national anthem, mm-hmm. the Hitler Hitler German national anthem, I mean, we don't even have that. And, and 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 I say I think we should have some something like that. But what makes it work in Germany is not that it is banned. It is rather that economically, th- there is no economic backup to Nazism inside of the country, mm. uh, whereas here. Uh, there is economic backup to racism uh, and 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 until we dismantle the economic reality that make it possible I mean, go to any to any institution in this country who works in the garden how many whites do you know have you seen working in the garden mm. how many whites do you know have you seen making tea and serving tea in a corporation Um and, and and I could go on and give so, so the social structures of apartheid are almost completely intact. White on top, uh, perhaps you could say white on top, Indian next, colored next, African hmm. women and the black woman right at the bottom. Those structures are still intact everywhere you look. So it it, it makes it possible for people to continue, in in my view, along the lines of of, of racism. So if Mm. you just change the laws Mm. and you say you can't say the K-word, you can't call people monkeys, you haven't done a thing. What will happen is that, in fact, you are going to get the very victims of racism going more to jail than than the other people because there are also economic dimensions to who goes to jail and who doesn't go to jail we know that Mm, mm. you know uh, who has access to legal advice and who doesn't have it it's not just a legal issue it's a Mm. uh, multi-pronged a problem that we have Mm. so uh, online platforms I don't know how much you can completely police them sure but I do appreciate the, the the media who have banned the online comments completely mm. because uh, it, it it just has not been working in South Africa. But the reason it is worse in South Africa is because online and offline racism rules. Sure, and also and, and racism yeah. rules on the shop floor. Racism rules everywhere, and that's why there's a resonance between what's going online or mm. on online and what is going on offline. Mm. It, it, just because Penispero has been found out, she put a, a, a Facebook uh, um, uh, posting doesn't mean that domestic servants are not being insulted by words, words mm. every, every day mm. uh, in in this country or on the shop floor. Uh, and I mean, I happen to know a, a, a young woman who told me she was visiting a white friend the other day, and she she, she mentioned something about, about apartheid, and then she was told. If you mention that word, you must get out of my house, because you know, I, I don't use that word in this house. It doesn't exist, mm. or, or or something to that mm, effect. Mm. So so it's it's out there. It's not just online. If it was just online, we could deal with online. Sure, sure. It's offline. It's mm. in the streets. It's in the shop floor. It's in the houses. It's in the in the in the corporations uh, of of this country. Sure. It's in the institutions, including academic institutions.
0: Well, I want to come back to this issue of uh, who can be racist because that's another issue that uh, is under debate because we know as well that uh, on Facebook we saw a man Vela Pikumalo, who actually raised the eye of many when he called for the country to be cleansed of white people this week, deleting his Facebook page on Wednesday. So we'll also look at that dynamic as well. Who can be racist? We know that there's commentators such as Andy Kutama, the former EFF member and uh, activist who actually stands firm and says black people can't be racist and then later on I want us to discuss the whole call by the ANC uh, for racism to be criminalized and could that be helped? and that's very problematic how do you criminalize racism what are the determining factors and parameters that you work around so we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back to both our guests. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking
3: story.
2: Kulituanjoy for Channel Africa Radio in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. For Channel Africa,
3: I'm Lilian Strobach reporting from the ICC in The Hague. Reporting for Channel Africa, I'm Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia.
2: Our cutting edge and hard hitting journalism
0: leaves no stone unturned, giving you the whole picture every time. George Muhango. Channel Africa Blantyre. This is Lansana Fofana. Reporting for
1: Channel Africa from Freetown. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe. This is Simon muchema Reporting for Channel Africa. This is Moki Kinzeka. In Yaundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silosi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa.
3: Ngatani, in Zouk,
1: Reporting for Channel Africa, Mwaigi Konyo in Nairobi. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
0: Hey, I was on a break. I actually missed this. I have an opportunity every day from Monday to Thursday to speak with experts from different fields really about concerning issues. And I, I was just sitting at home and thinking, oh, I actually missed, I must go back to work because I kind of miss speaking to everybody and having this opportunity. So today we're speaking about these racial onslaughts that we've seen online and how that's created this big conversation about social divisions in South Africa that already exist. And this is just, I'm sure, just something that actually reveals that and just as a is kind of a small image of what we actually experiencing when it comes to racial divisions in South Africa. Come back to you, Doctor Marjorie Jobson looking at the issue of who can be racist because that's one issue that has also taken place on social media and black twitter is the big word now it's the trend everyone's talking about black twitter and um, when we saw the comments by Vela Pikumalo they were racist from a black as from a black perspective I think those were racist comments they said that uh, we must get rid of white people they should be cleansed that word cleansed has also political um, kind of connections to it um, Uh, when when we speak about who can be racist in South Africa, um, should we be even debating if black people can be racist at this time of our democracy?
3: This is a very difficult question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I can share some of Kurumani's experiences. Um, We don't know whether when very senior government officials condemn Kulumani members who are black Mm. South Africans that they can never be taken seriously by government because they decided to appoint a white person as their director, is that racist? Our members call that racist behavior on the part of a black, very senior PhD graduate. Mm. It's very confusing because in my mind I see that more as a class issue Mm. and they are very, very big class divides in this country, mm. and there is this attitude amongst political elites that those poor people are poor because they are just stupid, and they are, you have know, even heard them in speeches call them that old word, the great unwashed, who mm. don't know what's best for themselves. Mm. I don't think that's actually racist. I think that's classism, mm. even if it's spoken by another black person. I don't think it should be either. I think it should be condemned and there should be consequences for people, but I don't think it's racism because I served for 10 years as a commissioner on one of the chapter nine institutions um, with predominantly black colleagues. And when you sit and you find out the racist experiences that every single one of those incredibly in- incredible people have have been through in their lives. You have to say, this is the truth. This is the prevalence, as I think um, Professor Malileka is saying. Mm. Racism is prevalent everywhere. And to to humiliate the kinds of people who are sitting on Chapter 9 institutions, that's what's going on as well. Mm. Mm. You have no idea what people have been through. I have no idea what has shaped Velapi Kumalo. For me, the starting point would be like, You have some really incredible rage. It's very legitimate. Kulumani restaged a play we put on during the Truth Commission called The Story I Am About to Tell. We restaged it at the Soweto Theatre in October last Mm -hmm. year. And, I mean, it was 60 people. Every performance was packed out. And the response was, it was in that audience, in that forum, we should kill these white people. Look! Look! So many years after the TRC, they still haven't grasped what we went through. Mm, Can mm. You, so I mean, I was quite shocked, but that was what the public, the audiences, were saying. Mm. So, yes. so
0: but the, the problem with that is how white people's response to that, because they would yes. say, "Well, if you're saying that I should be yes. whitewashed, yes, isn't that racist?" Because that's how they argue. The, that's how they argue this freedom of expression. Uh, domain in the in that domain and, and i I don't know how do you how do you create that conversation where you you know you make people understand the difference between someone's response through rage or someone's racism as because racism is also a systematic form right. of being, yeah
3: right no, mm. um, it's, it's very very difficult, difficult. yeah, and yeah. I mean the big problem with this kind of language is its potential to lead to violence, mm. and that doesn't solve anything, it just sure. creates that role really create the victims, not the kind of victims Chris Mm. Hart is talking about. Mm.
0: Well, let me come back to you as we wrap it up, Dr. Maluleke, as looking at the ANC's call for racism to be criminalized. (laughs) That sounds very complicated from where I sit, and it kind of sounds very impossible, if probable, you know. Um, What are your thoughts around that?
1: Well, I've already mentioned a few things. Uh, You see, at the heart of the problem, both of these questions and the question you've just asked, Marge, now about who can be racist, mm. is the is the is the assumption well unspoken, perhaps mm. not as solid. The assumption that um, racism is what people say. Uh, racism is verbal. Racism is attitude. Uh, racism is words. Mm. But but racism is is, is not words. And attitude, mm. it could be. I mean, this can be symptoms of it, sure. but it, it isn't that. So, if you are going to criminalize racist words, slurs, attitudes, and so on, what are you going to do with racist corporations, mm. racist corporate practices, and uh, and and racist um, uh, uh, political practices? What are you going to do about that? So. You are going to send this or that individual to jail, but the real sponsors of racism, the people who keep the fires burning behind the scenes, the racist fires burning behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, are going to be walking free all the time. Uh, And, 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 you know, so for me, what you need to do, of course, as I said at the beginning, I'm not going to scoff at anyone who's trying to, to save one more person from being called a monkey, because no one deserves to be called a monkey. So something should be done about that. But we should remove the conditions that make it possible. You see, mm. the racist mm. troll, the guy who, 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 when I write an article about a black man being urinated upon, says to me not only that I'm a reverse, reverse racist, but I am a dunderhead. Uh, and I'm dunderhead because I'm black, and I'm black because I'm like Zuma, and Zuma is like me, and so on. Mm. He writes that. That guy is able to do that, not only because he has a computer and Wi-Fi and it's connected. He's able to do that because every day he looks at a white woman, I mean, at a black woman, who makes tea for him, who suits the floor, at whom he shouts and whom he insults. He has a black guy now who, who, who does all the things that he tells him to do, and he doesn't see the difference uh, between me and those people. So... And, and there shouldn't be any difference. We should all be human. Mm. But as long as we have this stratification uh, and you ask people to behave differently online from the way they, de- they behave in real life without changing the structural and economic conditions of people, mm. you're going to still continue to have racism. And if you c- criminalize, like I- I've had so far being spoken about, then your are Kumalo's, and others who rightfully have said, I mean, he has said a terrible thing, but they are the guys who are going to go to jail because they are the ones who will be easy targets. Mm. The net will catch them, but it will not catch um, the planners, the thinkers, Mm. the people who, who keep the structures of racism alive.
0: Sure. That's how I'm going to wrap it up. And I think we're going to take this forward. And I'd love to have Dr. Marjorie Jobson back into our studios, really, to look at the issue of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission process. Has it been one that has actually served its purpose? Has it been one that's actually created that transformation that it had assumed it had? And because we saw... uh, Bishop do there crying And we saw mothers there Coming into the room and uh, You know it, it was very I saw it as a, a victim mentality thing And it was almost like people were just Brought there just to talk about things And get over them quickly and to just uh, Have this almost on the surface Forgiveness and also was it Actually thorough enough I know I've got Like an uncle who went missing and You know we always have like the ANC Coming and saying they're still looking for him to this Particular time he went missing and the 1976 uh, uh, whole struggle issue and even today we're still waiting and waiting and waiting and we don't see this whole truth and reconciliation process as one that has been fulfilled. And I think maybe that's a conversation that we can have to take it take it forward. But I want to thank our guest Dr. Marjorie Jobson for joining us. She's the National Director of the Kulumani Support Group as well as Professor Tiniko Maluleke who is the Independent Political Analyst from the University of Pretoria. Thank you for both for being great guests and giving us your time. Thank you very
3: much.
0: Well, now let's go for a quick break. And then when we come back...